What is going on, New York Giants fans? Welcome to Big Blue Avenue. I'm Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Hank and Dichter and Sam Cardona. Sam, Hank, how are we doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. I am uh, doing pretty good too, but I'm still trying to process the fact that, well, pretty much for the first time in our lifetime, because we were all in diapers the last time it happened, the Giants finished with a tie. Yeah, we have to talk about a tie tonight, team. Um, I don't know how I feel about this. Uh, Briefly, the last time the Giants had a tie, this glorious man was in his first year as head coach. (laughs) Jim Fossil. Um, why do you think I, I bring up Jim Jim Fossil here? Well, 1997 was his rookie season as the Giants head coach. The Giants lost to Washington in week 13 to also fall to 7-4-1. and one. Ironically enough, the only difference, the score of the game. The Giants tied the then-known Washington Redskins 7-7 seven to seven. 25 years later. Same thing happens in the same week. How That's incredible is that? Crazy. That's crazy to think about. The only also, other difference, of course, was the location because that game, the game that Fossil coached was in DC or Landover, Maryland, if you want to get technical. And this game obviously was, of course, a home tie. And by the way, Tom, did you know that this was actually the first time the Giants have had a home tie since the last game they ever played at Yankee Stadium in 1973? Did not know that. Wow. And the Giants between that game and uh, the most recent game that they played, there were only two other ties in between. Obviously, you mentioned the Gus Farratt headbanger that Jim Fossil coached in 97 and a crazy Monday night football game in 1983 where the St. Louis Cardinals kicker missed three field goals in overtime. Sam, I want to get to your thoughts. Hank always brings the history, folks. If you ever in for a history tutorial night, Hank is your guy. Um, mm-hmm. I remember watching a video of yours a couple of years back. You despise ties. Talk to me. What's going through your mind when the Giants tied? First of all, when it was start, like when I realized it was starting to happen, I was like, "Please, God, no!" Like out of all of the teams to get a tie against a division team like I was like this cannot be happening and I hate the fact that there are ties in the NFL in general my my entire thing is that we should have penalty field goals um at the end like just like soccer I think that that would be so much more fun but I think ties are stupid I think that it messes everything up and the fact that well let me ask you this Hank I wonder if you know when was the last time there was several teams with ties in the NFL like there's the Colts and the, what was it? The Texans. And now it's the giants and the commanders, both division leader, like division teams with ties. I think the last time that there were two ties in a season, it might've been a couple years ago. Cause I know there was one year where there were multiple ties. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, which one it was. Yeah. So it's just crazy that they're both division teams um, against, you know, in their respective divisions, but I hate ties. I think they're stupid. Um, and when this was coming down to the wire, I was like, please just kick a field goal, get a safety, anything, yeah. anything to get it off the 20. But unfortunately, Actually, yeah, it was are. 2018. 2018. No, that's not that long ago. Yeah. The Steelers had that week one tie against the Browns. And I remember like a week afterwards, the Vikings and the Packers had a tie and like both, both teams had a lot of missed field goals in that game. I remember. 
folks, a quick reminder, if you like our content, if you like what we've talked about for the first five minutes, ties, which I'm not sure any of you like that, make sure to check us out below on our social media, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And friendly neighborhood reminder, we got to do our shameless plug here. Uh, This episode is sponsored by BetUS. You can sign up with our promo code below there at join125. Get a 125% sign-up bonus where you can bet on the go, anywhere, anytime, straight from your mobile device. That's BetUS, America's number one favorite sports book where the game begins. So if you like betting, it's the place to go. Back to us. couple comments here garth says i may be at the gym right now but i'm still making an appearance on the greatest giants podcast in the land get those gains garth much love from our fellow floridian uh not fellow oh my god what am i saying um (laughs) history repeats itself that's right um unfortunately that saying is uh long and old but uh sam i'll start with you here and then i'll get to hank Key takeaways from week 13, you know, Washington won six out of their last seven. Giants had lost three out of their last four to come away with the tie against a good football team like that. It may not be great, but it's not the worst thing in the world either. Yeah, I think one of the I feel like a tie is not what we wanted, but also a loss is worse. Um, They really held their own against Washington. And and I really, you know, going into the season, no one really expected the commanders to be this, you know, much more powerful team. Obviously we were expecting Carson Wentz and not Taylor Heineke, who apparently is just like an elite quarterback in our division, but that's is what it is. Um, but yeah, I just, I think they really held their own. The defense really held it off um, on a lot of different drives, which I think was great. Um, and we'll talk about our player of the week in just a little bit, but this could have been worse because we saw, I mean, they played, they played the Eagles and they won in Philadelphia. And I think that for us, that shows a lot of, hope that this you know this Eagles team is not something that to be terrified with because if we were almost going to win the game against the commanders that they beat the Eagles it's it's in our it's in our favor I think my biggest takeaway and we'll get to Hank next um Tate Cratter and Rodarius Williams have not been happy with their playing time as of late and they've publicly addressed that on social media um, the Giants have favored rookie linebacker Mike McFadden and second-year corner Nick McLeod over Rodarius Williams. Uh, McLeod's been the Adoree Jackson replacement. And one thing I want to note, too, is that Evan Neal, the last three games, has only given up three pressures. He's only given up one pressure per game. No sack. start looking at the number seven overall pick. So I've been very pleased with his performance, and I think that'll bode well for the rest of the 2022 season. Yeah, so um, as far as my takeaway goes, this has to do with our running back in Saquon Barkley, and there's really a few things. Number one, I think it's pretty obvious that – he clearly isn't playing at a hundred percent in terms of his health. But with that being said, is it also possible that teams are adjusting to the fact that they know that Saquon is the giants best weapon? Both can be true. Both can be true. 
Folks, make sure to leave a like on the show. It's not because we love likes, but it helps with the Facebook algorithms nowadays. It shares the show around more if you leave a like on the show. So we would really do appreciate that. And in a few minutes, we'll be having up our Philadelphia Eagles guest, super fan, Sporty Jordy. Uh, she'll be joining the party shortly here on Big Blue Avenue. Great friend of Sam Cardona's and recurring guest, I should say. Yeah. Um, excited to have her. Quick comment here before we get to our player of the week. Tyler Cooper yeah. says, Saquon hasn't looked like himself since Green Bay. Tyler, what's good? How are you doing, buddy? Something with his shoulder. I thought it was his shoulder, but now Sam, it's his, his neck. neck. Yeah, that's what that that's what that tweet I sent you guys said. Um, you know that that's part of the reason why Saquon Barkley has been one a gem for our team and two a liability in one way or another because he's so good when he's healthy, but he's so injury prone and it's so unfortunate. And we we saw in the first few weeks how good he is when he's healthy. And it's just it sucks when all these tiny little things add up and it shows on the field how her offense struggles when we don't have a run game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think um, Mike Kafka might be holding the Giants back. Um, Daniel Jones in particular as well um, took a few deep shots this week. He looked pretty good. Um, again, he's had a fine season, in my opinion. Uh, happy to have Aziz Ojolari back and Daniel Bellinger. Those two have been great. Sam, I think those might be two of your favorites. No, we all agreed with LPG. Bellinger is the guy. Yeah. is the guy second half of the season. Big fan. Big fan, Daniel Bellinger. I I am happy he's back. Um, You know, we didn't see him a ton in this past week, but I think overall in the rest of the year and the the future that he hopefully will be with us for quite a number of years, um, Daniel Bellinger is going to be – that I, we we were talking about him being Jeremy Shockey a few weeks ago, so uh, not exactly like Jeremy Shockey though. <laughs> oh, please no with the personality at least. <laughs> no, he's a, he's very like reserved. He seems like a really nice, you know, guy who can also just do his job. So big Daniel like Bellinger. You don't see him getting in food fights in training camp. So he's definitely that's what not, I'm saying. Not exactly. Ice at kids in the stands. Um, I'm more pro shocky than you, Hank, but uh, yeah, Bellinger's we've had this teams. conversation already. Yep. Yes, we 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 have. Uh, moving on, so the NFC East now: the Eagles are eleven and one, Cowboys nine and three, Giants seven four and one, Washington seven five and one. So that is where the division stands. We'll talk about that in a little bit with Jordan, but first, before we get there, our New York Giants player of the week is. Boom. Kayvon Thibodeau. Sam, take us away. Why did we select Kayvon Thibodeau? Second week in a row for Kayvon um, and rightfully deserved. He has five tackles, which is a season high, one sack, one tackle for loss, two quarterback hits. And in the last two weeks, obviously, he was the player of the week last week. uh, 13 total pressures, six quarterback hits, six quarterback hurries and a sack. And he's played 87% of our defensive snaps, which is very impressive. Um, Quarterback pressures rank first overall in rookie pass rushers, which just goes to show why we picked him with our one of our first over, uh, you know, first round picks. It's the second week in a row, Hank. No, two weeks in a row we went cave on. Yes, but you know what? I think he was definitely worthy of being named Player of the Week for the second week in a row because, once again, like. 
as good of a game as as well as Azizo Jalari played in the limited reps he had on the field. Besides him, once again, who was the one player that really stood out? And again, I told you guys this weeks ago. I said Kayvon Thibodeau was going to be the guy who was going to slowly get better over the course of the second half of the season. And now you're seeing it. He got that big sack. And gosh, you know, you know how they say that baseball is a game of inches? Well, I would argue the same thing with football <laughs> because one, one more yard, Giants would have won the game. And not yeah. to mention... He almost forced a fumble on that sack too. And the, the what might have been, yeah. what might have been. There's a lot of things that might have been the Feliciano taunting penalty, the Slayton drop, a lot of factors in this game. But moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles, we'll be bringing up Jordan in two minutes now. Um, Eleven and one at seven four and one. Hank, we have a little bit of series history here. Oh, Giant yeah. split. A little bit? A little bit. Hold on. More than a little bit. I I just want to say this. Joe Judge was 2-0 at home as the Giants head coach against the Eagles. I I just wanted to throw that in there. You would happen to be correct. But go on. You can get into your history now. I want to hear it, Hank. Bring it on. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, obviously, you guys know that the Giants, the last two years, split with the Philadelphia Eagles. In fact, the Eagles won the last meeting. 3410 at the link but as you guys know the eagles are obviously my most hated nfl team now why is that obviously is because of distance but also because of the fact that there have been so many historically big games against them between them and the giants and matter of fact i like to think of this rivalry as more the battle of north and south jersey if you get what i mean mm-hmm. but in any event the real reason that I despise the Eagles, besides the fact that they are historically the Giants' biggest rival, 6-21. and 21. These are the numbers. This is the Giants' record against them since that nightclub incident that That's we rough. don't talk about. That is rough. We're talking And that obviously includes a certain playoff game that I still get PTSD from if you ever show me clips from. And that also includes a certain game I went to on December 19, 2010, that if you ever <laughs> show me highlights of, I will also get PTSD from. <laughs> but as I said, the Giants also won the last two home games against the Eagles. So maybe that gives gives me some hope. And as a matter of fact, if they win this Sunday, it would be the first time the Giants have won con- three consecutive home games or at least three consecutive home games since 97 and 2000 and wow unfortunately that gives away the answer to a trivia question that i was going to ask which (laughs) giants coach in the lombardi era had the best record against the eagles i know it can i answer go for it tom jim fossil ding 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 (laughs) I was going to say, I don't know if this is a trick question or not because we talked about him earlier. <laughs> yeah, Jim Fossil, 97-03, to back when the Giants and the Eagles were at the top of that NFC East. Um, speaking of the Philadelphia Eagles, let's bring up our guest for the evening, um, Sporty Jordy. Jordan, how are you doing? Hello, thank you guys for having me on. I'm excited. Love the Minshew jersey in the background. Yeah. <laughs> love the, we love the Minshew jersey. Yes, yes. Big fans of the Minshew jersey. Rep the backup quarterback. I love it. Of course. Long so, time no see, Jordan. 
I know. It's only been a couple hours. <laughs> Jordan, why don't you introduce yourself to the viewers who may not know who you are watching for the first time, what you do and where they can find you and your content. Definitely, yeah. So I don't know how much the Giants fans are going to want to follow me, but my social <laughs> handles everywhere are at the Sporty Jordy, TikTok, Instagram, um, Twitter. Sam got me on Twitter, so we're doing that now. Um, but yeah, no, me and Sam work together full-time at Mojo, where we are creating a sports stock market so you can invest in athletes as if they were stocks. Thank Robin Hood and DraftKings. Have a baby. If you are a New Jersey resident, you can actually start trading on Mojo now. Um, anywhere else in the U.S. with an iPhone, you can download the app and look at player share prices, watch those move, and you can find our socials everywhere at Mojo, M-O-J-O, so you can see what me and Sam are up to all of the time. It's <laughs> pretty cool. Absolutely. That's awesome stuff. And we've seen a lot of your content as well, going to games, asking people uh, on the spot questions. Um, I guess, let me put you on the spot. Jalen Hurts, quarterback, year number three. Remember two years ago, we we're talking about this guy. You're still kind of on the Carson Wentz train. Now it's, it's switched. I, I'd imagine what has he done to elevate his play in year three? So the one thing that I was really, we obviously knew that he was a good uh, rushing quarterback. We knew he had that dual threat capability. The one thing that I saw last year that made me a little hesitant was his accuracy in throwing um, his like quick decision-making last season made me really nervous. I didn't know if he had that in him. And then, I mean, by week two against Minnesota, I was like, Jalen Hurts is him. I, everything that I wanted him to improve and all of, and he's not a perfect quarterback. There are still improvements to be made, but overall the improvements from year two to year three um, and how he's like leading this team just shows me that we don't have to draft a quarterback with one of our two first round picks this upcoming year. Um, and I have all the faith in him in the world. So he, he, made leaps and bounds this season and he just consistently keeps showing us why he's the guy, which again, I was, I was distraught when we traded Carson once I was in tears and yeah. I loved, I was heartbroken. Yeah. I loved Jalen hurts coming out of college. And I kept saying, I was like, I love Jalen hurts. I just didn't want him on my team at the time. I didn't see it. I didn't get it. Um, but the way he's been playing and the way Carson ended up playing makes me feel so much better about the situation. I've had to apologize to Howie profusely. Not to <laughs> Howie. I mean, if he could hear me, that'd be great. But, um, I've been giving him my apologies. I am grateful that everything worked out the way it did. And I'm very excited for the future with Jalen Hurts. Yeah. we and, and And this next question, I know, I feel like I know the answer to it. But um <laughs> Tell me how you're feeling in terms of the uh, the MVP candidacy is obviously – it's like a quarterback show nowadays, um, as we know. But, you know, Jalen Hurts is in the running. Do you feel like this could actually happen, or is it kind of just these Eagles fans just boost him up to the top? I, like, I understand – like, when you talk about Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, like, I right. think these are all quarterbacks that deserve – to be in the conversation. I don't think Jalen Hurts single-handedly has it wrapped up. You have a lot of other people playing great as well. But I when we're talking about most valuable player, yeah. I genuinely think it is Jalen Hurts. And Patrick Mahomes' numbers are better. But overall, it's Jalen Hurts that is making our team 
as good as it is. And there's been a lot of situations where the rest, whether it's our defense played bad in a game or receivers couldn't catch a ball in a game, no matter what it was, it was Jalen Hurts that has been the guy that has been consistent and has always kind of held the ground and gotten us to that next level. So I think that's the difference. Um, I, like I said, I don't think it's totally locked up, but I think there's a very, very real chance, especially if the last couple of weeks of the season, he keeps playing at this high level. I don't see what, I mean, obviously I want him to win. That would be fantastic, but I try for the most part, sometimes <laughs> try and stay unbiased, but I'm definitely glad he's in the conversations again, Patrick Mahomes, numbers are better. Like his numbers, numbers don't lie. But when I'm looking at like most valuable player as is, I think Jalen Hurts out of the quarterbacks that are in the top conversation, I do think he is the difference maker. So he has my vote. (laughs) 380 yards last week against the Titans. I mean, absolutely incredible. And he didn't even play the last nine minutes of the game. Had four total touchdowns. I mean, that that seems MVP worthy numbers to me. Thank you. I agree. Um, Yeah, no, I definitely think he deserves consideration. I don't know if he's as high on my MVP list as you are, and that's not to sound like a biased Giants fan. I just think he's also got a lot of great weapons around him too. And that obviously goes into a good segue. What would you say that the addition of A.J. Brown has meant for this offense? And it's amazing. He somehow got his old GM fired. Yes, that was poetic. That was incredible. But no, I think having him, I mean, you you guys all know the wide receiver struggles that the Eagles have been having for the last handful of years where they make me want to rip my hair out. And obviously, Devontae Smith last year was incredible. It's exciting. It's that young talent. Um, it made me it didn't make me feel better about Justin Jefferson, but Slightly like I was like, okay, we're at least we're bouncing back from that. We're moving in the right direction. And now to have him as well as AJ Brown, I think the relationship that AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts have together, I think that's probably been one of the most important things. And also in regards to Devontae Smith, no one seems to have this like star diva mentality because you have mm-hmm. games where Devontae Smith is clearly the guy. You have games where AJ Brown's the guy. I mean, last week was his third um game this season with over 100 um yards which is great um but yeah no I just think the dynamic of them all working together is crazy like it's just a it's a very good vibe right now it's like a brotherhood um and no one seems to be like trying to outshine each other everyone's like it feels like a team effort just trying to win but yeah I mean he's been so fun to watch so I've absolutely loved having him here yeah, he's an electric wide receiver. Um, he's really energized this Eagles offense, has helped them get to that 28 points per game average. Uh, second, third ranked offense in the NFL, according to ESPN, and the second ranked defense. As good as their offense is, Jordan, their defense complements them greatly, I feel like. And with the slew of pass rushers, veteran guys, and Brandon Graham, uh, Fletcher Cox and um, Josh Sweat, just to name a few. Um, My question is, what has impressed you the most about this unit this season? I think that's a very good question. I think what's impressed me the most is the fact that, like, we've had injuries. um, And even the guys that come in for our injuries, like, our depth has been so strong that 
you don't even necessarily, I mean, obviously there's been, like Jordan Davis was when we were missing him, like there, there's been a lot lacking, but overall the guys that come and step up really like we had Blankenship step up in moments where we needed him. And then we threw Nicobe Dean in who I was so excited. I mean, I think I was on stream with you guys when we got him and I was so excited. Um, and I mean, you just have these guys. I, I think the depth and the mix of these young guys and um, the second string along with our veterans, it again, it just goes back to like that brotherhood vibe where it's everyone stepping up and playing the best that they can to make this team better. And I think that's what's been so important this season. Definitely, definitely. And uh, speaking of, you know, players and players you may have taken from us or you know <laughs> what have you um you know we unfortunately had to get rid of uh james bradbury in the off season and you guys just went Bloop, and you guys took away from us and he's, been, and he's been but i mean like you know once a giant always a giant I mean, we, we we love to see him thrive but he's he's been complimenting your secondary where very well and um you know, how are you feeling about him and, and how he's working with Darius Slay and how this has improved your defense in one way or another? You know, I mean, he's been fantastic. He is my mom's, probably her favorite player this season. Of course. And I think it's more that she's like in love with him rather than him <laughs> on the field. Um, obviously on the field helps as well, but you know, all she talks, she literally, I was sitting on the couch earlier and she was like, I just love James Bradbury. Like out of nowhere. I was like, okay, mom. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think the way, I mean, even coming from New York and the Giant and then coming into Philly, I think he just fit in so well, so quick. And, um, he's definitely been making a huge difference. And we had those people, like we had Darius say last year, who was doing great, but just constantly adding these extra pieces and these extra reassurance, basically. Um, I think that's just what keeps making us better. And it seems like last year, it was like, okay, we had this piece and this piece, how do we get better? James Bradbury's available. Let's get him. It's just kind of like building and learning from reporting from a state and noticing what's not 100% going right and improving off of that. So, but yeah, no, we love James Bradbury in Philly. <laughs> yeah, I think he's been great. 14 pass defended, three picks. And Hank, I feel like this comment kind of ties into your next question from Garth, doesn't it? Yeah, I would definitely say that it does. And uh, I think the one setback that the Eagles had was definitely the loss of Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. With him, how, who do you think step up in, steps up in his place defensively? Uh, that was a huge – I was devastated at that. I'm also a uh, Gators fan, so that I love him. But um, it's going to be tough to fill his shoes, but I'm just going to keep going back to – like my previous statements on our depth and how everyone keeps stepping up. I know blank and shit came in for him when he went down. So, and I mean, immediately caught a pick and kind of showed where he was like, okay, like, obviously I'm, I'm not um, CGC, but, or CG, you know, a lot of letters. CG, CJ, CJ, CGJ. No, CJ, GJ. Yeah. Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Where, where's the second J coming? He goes by CJ. Yeah. Oh. CJ Gardner Johnson. CJ. Okay. That, uh. I, I thought that would just like roll off the tongue and it absolutely did not. Um, but yeah, no. So, uh, I think 
for the time being will be good enough to hold us through. Um, and I'm wishing him a very speedy recovery because I love him. And that was an awful injury. That was so heartbreaking. You could tell the second he went down that he was in severe pain. And I was like, crap. Yeah, it's definitely a huge loss, but I feel like you guys were okay before acquiring him. I think he was just a plus. He was just exactly, a, you know, it was one of those situations where Avante Maddox is coming back soon. Um, That's the thing. I feel like we're loose and like, not that like, obviously I want our team to be healthy all of the time, but mm-hmm. I feel like we've had this, like, if you're going to, if there's going to be injuries, we've had this good mix of like, okay, this person went down, but now this week we're getting this person back. And it's kind of been that like push and pull kind of thing where it's kind of keeping us above water for right now. Luckily it hasn't been anything too detrimental. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely been a lot because we lost um, CJ Gardner Johnson and Jordan Davis was coming back and now we're about to get Avante Maddox back. And it, it has been a lot of just like back and forth of who's going to play this week. And it alleviates that pressure off the secondary when you hold Derrick Henry to the just, what was it, 30 yards on the ground, yeah. something like that. Um, yeah. I can only think what they're going to do to Saquon this week. But <laughs> before we get into that, Please. Um, can you tell me about one under-the-radar player from the Eagles on each side of the ball this year? Obviously, we saw you and our other Eagles fan, Fog. We saw – the knee-jerk reaction to the Cam Jurgens draft pick from him specifically, but I love that draft pick. I mean, I know he's not starting right now, but maybe somebody similar level as him, similar caliber type of player uh, that flies under the radar. Hmm. Well, I know offensively, and I'm excited for – I don't know if he's a super under-the-radar player, but, um, I mean, we've been relying super heavily on – the run game and I know Giants their defense has been allowing 141 yards per game this season so sorry guys it makes me feel really good and Boston Scott I mean Miles Sanders is having a record year and of course he is because he needs a contract so he's trying to get paid but don't want to take away from him at all but we also still have bosses got on our roster as well who I love and he has a tendency of showing up specifically against the Giants so that makes me be I don't know what it is every time we play New York he is like on his a game um I don't know if you guys do a very good job at kind of shielding Miles Sanders so it gives him the opportunity to go but especially this week in particular that is someone I am very excited to see defensive especially now that we're talking about the injuries and everything going back Nicobe Dean we really haven't seen him start at all this season and I think there's a lot I mean every time I see him I got to go to the first preseason game of the year where he got a lot of touches and when I tell you he is all over the field and like so aggressive and and just so eager that it's like very exciting to watch and he makes moves and for the couple snaps that we got to see with him last week I I just I get a very good vibe around him and I know there was a lot of injury concern but it really doesn't seem to be an issue and the reason that they're holding him they're trying they're saying they're like we have all of these young guys but we have a lot of veterans we don't want to just throw them to the wolves we want them to sit and learn which I'm honestly a very big fan of like I I don't want to push them out there but now that we have the injuries and we're at this point in the season, I am I'm hoping we get like a Nicobe Dean breakout because I've been waiting for it. So that's something I'm very excited to say. 
I guess that kind of uh, ties into my next question, which of course can be the same answer if it if it is. Um, but I was going to ask what rookie you were you were most excited about, and and rookie that has impressed you a lot this year. So I feel like you you totally touched on that. Is, is there another one? If not, that's okay. <laughs> I mean Jordan Davis. I mean we can't. I mean obviously he was hurt, but. Jordan Davis healthy. I don't want to take anything away from him because yeah. oh my God, has he been a difference maker? So I can throw someone else out there as well. But yeah, Nicobe Dean is someone that I'm very excited to see. And Jordan Davis is someone that we've gotten to see a very good sample size of and not a very good, but a decent sample size of. Um, and he is just absolutely incredible. So I'll give them both credit. <laughs> so let's talk about the head coach of the Eagles. Now it's funny, a couple years ago, the narrative was that the Eagles made a bad choice in the hiring and it seemed like the Eagles were on a downward trend, but you know, it's funny. Narratives can change within the, within a blink of an eye. So what do you, how do you evaluate the job that Nick Sirianni has done since taking over what we thought was pretty much the Eagles heading into decline? I mean, he's, he's had the Eagles in playoff appearances in two consecutive years. No, when we, I'm pretty, Sam knows when we first hired Nick Sirianni, I literally texted her and I was like, what? Because like, he wasn't even on our radar. Like I didn't hear anything about him. So I was like, who is this man? What is he doing? Like what, what is happening right now? Um, and I did my research on him and I was like, okay, like there, there are some good things. I wasn't necessarily negative about it, but I wasn't super thrilled either. And then I saw his press conference with, the tic-tac-toe and I was like what is happening to my eagles and I was like this is mayhem but he literally has turned out to be like a real life Ted Lasso it feels like to where Mm -hmm. literally like he goes about things in like this strange way and like maybe not strange but just like not convention or yeah um not traditional like he just kind of is I don't know I feel like he lives in his own world but he, you can tell how much he loves football and how much he understands football. And I think we've seen that more and more. And the vibe that he creates in the locker room, I think, goes back to what I was saying earlier, to where, like, no one's really been a diva. And, like, everyone wants everyone – like, it just is – everyone wants the Eagles to do well. No one's individually fighting for, like, I want the best stats. I want this. Like, mm-hmm. it's just such a team vibe. And I think that stems from Nick Sirianni and kind of what he's implemented in the locker room. So I absolutely adore him. I love the way that he kind of just like rides and dies for our team and for his guys. And I think he's just creating a really good culture um, where people will want to come play for Philly. And if you come to Philly, you'll want to stay here for as long as possible. And I think that, I mean, think back to our Super Bowl year. We had absolutely no shot at winning the Super Bowl, but we did because of the vibes and because of how everyone interacted with each other. So to kind of see Nick Sirianni creating a very similar vibe makes me very happy. So I love him. Uh, yeah. Tom, I, I think you're, I think you're muted there. Sorry. Uh, my dishwasher was, uh, let's play my dishwasher. Anyway, uh, <laughs> right. restart. Add um, this one to the funny reel. So with Nick Sirianni doing a great job these last two years, um, I mean, the assistants as well. I mean, the the whole coaching staff has to be acknowledged for this start. Um, Has there, I mean, is it just a culture change? Um, 
from Doug Peterson to now, like, what is it? Is it a combination of things? Is there one particular thing that has just clicked? Like, what do you think it is? I think that's that's a really good question. I, I don't know if it's one particular thing in general, but I feel like it was like having our veteran guys, like having Jason Kelsey and um, Brandon Graham and all of these, Lane Johnson and all of these guys that have been there for so long and kind of were part of that really. Cause I, I feel no negative. Like I want nothing but the best for Doug Peterson. I love him. I understand the dis- decision that was made because it kind of just felt like a, like changing of the guards. Like Carson Wentz wasn't working out. We got rid of Carson. And at that point it's like, do we try and force someone to fit Doug Peterson's narrative or do we just flip the page and start over? And at the time, I felt very uneasy about it. Like I remember going into last season and I was like, I don't recognize my team. I was like, this feels very weird. Like I wasn't connected to anyone at the time. I didn't know how Jalen Hurts was going to look. So I was like very on the fence, but I think bringing Jalen Hurts in who has that leadership quality and then bringing in Nick Sirianni, who just has like unbelievable faith in Jalen Hurts and them creating that chemistry as well as, I mean, uh, Jonathan Gannon, who I was very on the fence about last year, has completely won me over. Um, and I, I just think it's everyone kind of, it is like that team vibe, but I think it did start with kind of shifting away from Doug and Carson and then bringing in Nick and Jalen, who work very well together and have a really good chemistry. Um, and then just building from that um, goes back to the AJ Brown conversation because Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni have this great relationship. AJ Brown and Jalen Hurts had this great relationship. And now it's like our whole wide receiver core is doing great. Our O-line's doing great. And it just kind of expands from there. Um, but I would say it probably stems from Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni being good leaders and good people and having good heads on their shoulders and wanting the best for the organization as a whole. Yeah, and I mean, like, I think we can all agree that the Eagles are, you know, despite their schedule, which I think that is still shows how good they are, you know, even with this quote-unquote easy schedule that they have. But and we were discussing this this week um, at work. You know, this game, if the Eagles win this game, they go to the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. So realistically, if the Eagles go to the playoffs and make a playoff run and get into the Super Bowl, do you have the faith? that they can win a Super Bowl this year. What? And like, I have been saying this consistently. The Eagles 100% can go to the Super Bowl. The Eagles, I think, can win the Super Bowl. Do I think it's a guarantee? Absolutely. There's a lot of good teams. The Vikings, if, I mean, obviously, Vikings can't do well in the playoffs because it's prime time, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> but, um, no, like there are good teams, and the AFC makes me nervous. I mean, this season, if the Eagles get to the Super Bowl and lose, I still would be so proud of them because yeah. this is such a young team. When I was coming into the season, I was like, I love – I thought we were – I'm pretty sure I said our record was going to be like 11 and, 10 and 7, 11 and 6. Like I thought it was going to be right in that range where we were going to be comfortably good but not absolutely dominating in the way that we have been. Um, so I had very high hopes, but they still exceeded expectations for me. So yeah, I, I feel very comfortable. And I put this in a TikTok the other day, and of course I got roasted by because everyone hates the Eagles. But I said I was like, I feel very good about a Super Bowl run. Does that mean I'm like, yeah, the Eagles have it locked up and 
blah, blah, blah. No, but I think we can absolutely do it. I, I don't think it's unbiased of me to think that. Sorry, I have Huskies and they're literally howling right now. Um, we're excited about the Eagles too. <laughs> Isn't it kind of funny though, because the last time the Eagles won a Super Bowl, didn't they have the dog masks? Yes, yes, they heard it. This is the, you know what? I take it back. The Eagles are actually 100%. <laughs> That is the underdog howl at this very moment. Oh, God, I hope I didn't speak that into existence. You totally (laughs) just did, Hank. But, yeah, I was also going to say the 49ers (laughs) honestly made me the most nervous. Um, And now. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Who knows what Brock Purdy can do. But um, I, I don't know. I'm feeling very good. I think if there's a year to kind of run through the NFC and get there, this is a very good year to do it because um, there's a lot of big question marks. But so a very long-winded way of saying they absolutely can win, and I'd love for them to get another Super Bowl. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, he brings up a good point about Jimmy G going down. That might have been the man standing in the way. Yeah. yeah. You know, with Brock Purdy. But uh, Tudo saying what's up. Massive salutes to Tom Hank and Sam from our Tudo! Rugby club oh. from Italy. 1.45 a.m. He's back a.m. again. <laughs> the legend himself. We love Tudo. We um, love big, Tudo. Big supporter of ours. But let's get into our keys to the game here quickly. And um, Jordan, we'll start with you here as the guest. Um, what's one key that the Eagles must do to beat the Giants on Sunday? Because I know we haven't talked much about the Giants yet, but we're going to a little bit now. Um, obviously they're a much improved team in their own right. It kind of feels like what your team was last season to a similar degree. No, I agree 100%. And going back to what I said earlier, I think the key for this game for the Eagles is to do what we've been doing and just run the ball. Obviously I love to see Jalen. I mean, I love to see AJ Brown and Devontae Smith do what they do. Um, But I think a big factor here is going to be that run game. Uh, Jalen Hurts running, Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, all of these guys kind of just moving the chains. Um, I think that's going to be our key to, not our key to beating the Giants, but a major, major part of it. Um, because I'm not I'm not going to roast the Giants on a Giants show, but just because I feel like that's been a big weakness for them. Um, and I think that's something that we can definitely exploit, and we've been exploiting for other teams as well. So, I think you got to take advantage where you can. And that's where I think they're going to do it. I mean, yeah. you could say it, it's been awful. It's been atrocious, the, the run defense. You know? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yeah. I, it's funny that you said that because my key to the game is to stop the run. <laughs> <laughs> and like every week I have said this for since week one, every almost every single week, it's stop the run because yeah. – our run defense is so poor. Um, and then I also put a slash and said, the keep, just keep the offense off the field because I'd rather deal with your guys' defense and try and push through it and put points on the board. But if they're constantly on the field and, and soaking up that clock time that we don't have, that's going to be what kills the Giants in, in the long run of this game. So, yeah, freaking little tiny Boston Scott got to just – yeah, keep them, keep them in the backfield. Keep yeah. them back there. Miles Sanders too. <laughs> Literally, no. And I think that does. I mean, because we saw it with the Titans. The Titans game felt back and forth in the beginning, and then it got to the point where 
our offense was just dominating in the second half. And it was like, every time we were on the field, we were scoring. And then we ended up winning by 25 or something awesome. Um, But I think you're right. I think as long as our offense is on the field, it's tough. (laughs) Yeah. Very, very. Hank, what do you got for us? For keys to the game. Do I have to bring it back? I think I do have to bring it back. First off, Get off the field on third down, especially (laughs) with regards to the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, look, unless you're unless you're living under a rock, you know how lethal that offense is. And uh, second of all, I mean, I don't know that you can necessarily I would definitely say uh, limit the turnovers and the penalties. I mean, look at the look at the Feliciano penalty. That was a big game changer in the Giants loss and. Second of all, turnovers. Eagles have been relatively good with taking care of the football. If the Giants can do their part, then at the very least, I'm not going to say that the Giants win this win the game because I think that's going to be a lot to ask for given how good the Eagles are. But at the very least, a game could be made out of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I've said that I think the Giants will cover – like, I don't expect this. Yeah. I would love it to be a blowout, but divisional games were in the Meadowlands. Like, if the Giants cover, I wouldn't be shocked. I want the Eagles to win just to make me feel better about our division. <laughs> because, I mean, guys, we went from the NFC least to the NFC beast. We are Everybody. beast. We I literally are wrote that everyone. down. Did I you wrote write the NFC beast down on That's- my paper. Of course, because we share a brain cell. Of course. Um, but yeah, no, and especially our one loss this season was to Commanders, which was divisional. So all these games are important, especially given, I mean, the rest of the season and playoff standings and seedings and all that fun stuff. But I, I genuinely think the Giants can at least cover. And to Hank's point, to piggyback off that, um, yeah, I mean, you have to get the Eagles off the field quickly. The Giants have to hold the ball over 30 minutes if they have any shot to win. <laughs> that's that, that's that's the way you got to do. You have to minimize Jalen Hurts' opportunities. But I actually have two keys to the game for me. Um, pressuring Jalen Hurts is one. Now, we know Hurts does well on the pressure, but the Giants last week, they did a good job against Heineke, five sacks and ten quarterback hits. Um, I think what Wink Martindale did against Lamar Jackson, who's a very mobile quarterback, confused him late in the game. Those disguise blitzes where you don't know who's coming, they forced two Lamar Jackson turnovers in those final two possessions. If you can manage to do the same in what's a slightly stronger Eagles offensive line with Lane Johnson, Jordan Mailata, and Jason Kelsey, you can find a way to get it done if they're able to apply some pressure. But secondly, and this is where I talk about Daniel Jones, use the play action early and often. Can they try to catch the Eagles' defense off balance? Because get the play actions with Daniel Bellinger, Richie James, and Chris Myrick, um, because Darius Slayton will be blanketed by his former teammate. I can tell you that right now. And the Eagles have five players with five or more sacks, which is very, very scary. We're talking about Graham, Cox, Sweat, Hargrave, and Reddick. So it's going to be tough to run the football. So those are my two keys. A uh, couple comments here. Suit me up on Sunday against 
Oh, uh, we'll talk about that later too, though. That's um, <laughs> I'll save that for after Quiz. the show. I love Quez Watkins. Yeah, Ben Cruz. Mm. Quez Watkins. He's really liked his performance this year. Another big play threat, Jordan. He's a really good player. Yeah, and he does a very good job of like when we need him, he just like steps up. So I don't know. That's like the motto of the Eagles this year. It's like all these like second, third string, not third string, but like these like depth guys just kind of step up and make the big plays when we need them to. And I mean, it helps. I love it. He, he's great, especially they need him more now with Dallas Goddard out and having yeah. uh, Jack Stoll as a tight end. So yeah. definitely. Tudo, Tom, also, please make an official announcement on your live show again. We all Italian diehard Giants. Pro rugby players will be at the link on January 8th. Over 200 rugby players have already got our tickets. Oh, my God, Jordan. Now we have to go. We have to go. <laughs> we will see you there. Yeah. Yeah. Guys, a bunch of a bunch of paisans invading Philly. Love, love, love that. Do I even entertain the idea of getting a ticket myself? I mean, I've already seen my Rangers win in Wells Fargo Center, so mm. maybe I'll get a giant win. Not hard to do. <laughs> no, like I said, I've been <laughs> – I've seen the Rangers play at Wells Fargo Center, and I very well could do that again, for all we know. So yeah. he says I couldn't see the Giants down there. Yeah. Sam, I'll let you take this question. Okay, Tutu asked if I have my own Giants channel. I don't have a specific Giants channel, but I do have a YouTube channel. It's called The Girl Who Talks Sports. Um, you can follow me there. I'm not as active right now because I've been focusing a lot on work recently, but I do have content on there if you're willing to check it out. So check it out there. Absolutely. Um, Sam does a lot of great work. That's how I pretty much found Sam. Well, after Gabe introduced me, of course, but um, I'm not spending my life savings on this game. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Players to watch. Before we predict this game, let's get into the players to watch. Um, Jordan, I'll start with you. One from the Eagles and one from the Giants. Let's do um eagles i kind of already gave mine away with boston scott Mm -hmm. he's always my player to watch against the giants i can switch it up i can do miles sanders just because i mean there is a lot of contract talks for him um the last i want to say two years he's been really inconsistent but um i'm gonna keep harping on the fact that we need to run the ball um this weekend just because i mean it's we we can run all over. <laughs> Try to be nice. Um, yeah, no. So I say definitely a run game. I mean, game well, get game well involved, just kind of rotate between the three of them. We got this like triple headed monster that we can just, I mean, all of them are like one Saquon Barkley. So like just, you disperse Saquon Barkley. It's like you get all three of our running backs. Um, <laughs> Literally. Um, but no, so I'm excited to see that on the Giants. I mean, Daniel Bellinger coming back is, is going to be huge. Sam, I know he you're a big fan of him. Um, Kayvon, I mean, he's been freaking incredible. Um, so we're going to we're going to see. Honestly, Daniel Jones, too. I mean, I saw Gannon talking about like he was like, oh, yeah, well, Daniel Jones can scramble. I'm like, are you scared of Daniel Jones? So nervous to see what our defense does against Daniel Jones. So. We'll see what can happen. The infamous trip he had, that 80-yard run. I'll never forget. <laughs> We've had some interesting moments in Eagles games. The Ingram drop, yeah. that Jones run. Uh, oh, yeah, Hank, I, I heard you mention December 19th. Do you want to bring that back up? 
No. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you at that game? Yes, I was. That was that was actually my first ever uh, giant game because, like, my parents. Oh God! No, my parents aren't aren't really diehard football fans, so I never really had the opportunity to go to Old Giant Stadium when I was younger. But until that day, when my friend invited me, I, I ended up going to that one, and I was really excited because we got the tickets like months in advance, and I thought, oh, this might be a chance for the Giants to clinch the NFC East. Which would have happened if they had <laughs> held on to that friggin' twenty-one point lead, and if they didn't, and if they had actually recovered that onside kick and not taken a nap, and if they had recovered that onside kick, we aren't even having the conversation about. Or if you let Brent Selick score a fifty-yard touchdown, or if Matt Dodge puts a little more hang time on his uh, punt. That is December nineteenth. My mom, who is a diehard Eagles fan, December nineteenth is her birthday, and she still says that was oh, one of. Wow. The greatest days of her entire life. Birthday, <laughs> That's amazing. Birthday present, right? It was a birthday <laughs> present. Thank you, Jordy, for triggering me. <laughs> uh, so just, like just trying to lighten up or get everything riled up for this oh, weekend. Oh man, now I might. I'm sorry. I just remember nice. too much uh, Giants better than what I had for breakfast. Even bad losses, I still remember better than what I had for breakfast. <laughs> you know, I, I was going to compliment the Daniel Bellinger pick, but Sam, we'll get to you here. <laughs> All right, my player to watch, I have a little bit of – I pulled out my inner Hank. I pulled out some some stats and everything here. I'm, 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 so my player to watch this week is A.J. Brown because I'm afraid that we might focus too hard on the run game. And then all of a sudden, here we are with like, – like last week with A.J. <laughs> Brown in the end zone doing amazing things. Um, and I decided to do some digging because Wink Martindale came out and compared him to T.O., while he was on the Eagles. And I was like, that's a very interesting comparison because T.O. is a freaking Hall of Famer. So it's like a big deal. So right now in 12 games, A.J. Brown has 61 passes, 950 yards, and nine touchdowns. In 14 games, T.O. on the Eagles had 77 passes, 1,200 yards, and 14 touchdowns. So I think that in the next two weeks, if A.J. Brown can get his numbers up, he's going to be – like literally neck and neck with T.O. on Philadelphia. So A.J. Brown is a monster. I love, um, I love this so much. <laughs> the day that he got traded on draft night number one was a chaotic day in my life being in South Jersey um, at the time. It was like <sighs> incredible. Um, so that is my player to watch for the Eagles. Um, on the other side of the ball, I'm going to go basically the other side of A.J. Brown, which would probably be Julian Love in our secondary. Um, he's going to have his work cut out for him, but Julian Love has stepped up a lot for our defense. He leads Giants with 96 tackles, a sack, um, four passes defended, two interceptions, one forced fumble, and one for, uh, fumble recovery. So while it's not going to be the easiest walk in the park, I think that Julian Love is someone to watch out for, especially if he does a good job here. It'll it'll show how how well he's improved that this entire season and what he's been doing for our defense. Henry? So the player that I would say to watch out for, you know, I kind of have to go with the combo of Darius Slay and James Bradbury. Those guys have been absolutely locked down and – they're definitely players I'm considering stealing next time when we get to that segment, but I'll get more into that later. But Bradbury in particular, I would say you watch out for why, because I mean, it's simple. 
ask any athlete, not all of them will say it out loud to the media, but more often than not, when they play their first game against their previous opponent, they always, and I mean always, are out for revenge, especially if said opponent is a rival. And thank you, Dave Gettleman, for allowing this to be possible. <laughs> Good old Dave Gettleman. Um, Tom says, we ain't afraid of boys. Giants got this. Okay. <laughs> Love that uh, confidence, Tudo. So quickly here, because I know we're running short on time, I'm going to go for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, my player to watch. I'm shocked he hasn't been mentioned yet. Hassan Reddick leads the team yeah. with nine sacks, three forced fumbles, four quarterback hits, and a sack on Tannehill last week. And remember what he did to the Giants two years ago? He had five sacks in that game. Uh, I think that was the Colt McCoy game, the Cardinals game. So – no, that wasn't the Colt McCoy game. That was the game Jones came back and got hurt again. So <laughs> I'm going to go with Hassan Reddick. I also like Javon Hargrave a lot, but if I had to pick one, Javon Hargrave is eight sacks from the interior. That's absolute insanity. But yeah. I'm going to go with Hassan Reddick. And for the Giants, um, it's Aziz Ojolari. Um, He's played three games this year, has two sacks and two forced fumbles. I like him a lot. Um Jordan, you kind of took mine with Daniel Bellinger. I think offensively he's the one weapon that the Giants can maneuver through that Philadelphia defense. Um, but I like Aziz. He's one of my favorite players on the team. And now, quickly, before we pick this game, I know, Jordan, we have to let you go shortly. Um, still a player from the Giants. Who are you stealing? Oh, Kayvon Thibodeau. Easy. <laughs> he's, he's, go- he is a le- he's going to be a legend for so long, and – I mean, you guys drafted, you guys have been drafting very well, so I'll I'll give credit where credit is due. But, God, I mean, I don't want to love any of the Giants players, but he is just good. And I feel like if we had him in Philly, like, I mean, he, I just feel like he would fit so well. But, no. Quit taking our secondary. (laughs) We need people. Wait, is this is this a revenge game for James Bradbury? Do you think? Um, I don't think a revenge game per se because we didn't leave him on bad terms. Yeah. We just we just didn't, we didn't have do money. We yeah. were poor and we couldn't afford him anymore. <laughs> Again, a certain former GM threw, spent money like a college freshman who got a credit card for the first time. <laughs> um, Hank, you're next. Okay, so for, for a player to steal for the Eagles. By the way, I actually tricked you guys. It wasn't one of the secondary guys that I would steal. It's AJ Brown. Mm, yeah. Like it. Yep. Yeah. I would probably wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, um, I'll go in a different direction though. I'll go, I'll take Jason Kelsey. I would take Jason Kelsey in a heartbeat. Having mm-hmm. him under center, he is probably one of the best centers in the league. He is absolutely incredible. And he has a voice of an angel if you guys haven't listened to his Christmas album with the other offensive linemen. Jordan Lailata was literally put on this. Oh line. my god! It's it. I hate that they're so good. They're good he's at everything. A, he's got a podcast too um, with Travis Kelsey, Kelsey. Yeah, they were on um, the Manning cast that one week. That's how yeah. I remember that. I think it was the Browns game. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going in a similar direction as Sam. A lot of people expect me to pick Bradbury. I'm not. I'm going Landon Dickerson just mm, yeah. purely because of the fact that he's a little younger and we need guards. And here's an interesting stat. The Giants guards, um, Mark Lewinsky, 
who I love in the run blocking, has the sixth worst pass blocking, pass blocking efficiency for guards in 2022. That's a minimum of 270 snaps. Four of the five with worst pass blocking efficiency than Glowinski are rookies. Glowinski's given up the third most sacks for guards, so I'd love to have Landon Dickerson. Um yeah, category. no, I like when we initially picked him, I wasn't super thrilled, but looking back yeah. on it now, um, it was such a smart move. And especially to pick him when we did and have him learn from Kelsey and yeah. kind of be able to just like, I don't know. It just feels like we're looking at our veteran guys and then we're getting like duplicates of them yeah. to like train and then just like refill, which I think is very smart because we've seen what they've done for us. Well, Dickerson was hurt, right? When you guys drafted him. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. And uh, Sante Samuel Jr. was on the board and I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but he's no. Thriving, though. He's, I would have loved to have a Sante Samuel Jr., but I think Landon Dickerson was a smart pick at the time. Very good pick. Um, my dad's talking to these rugby guys saying, Tudo, Thomas's grandmother's from Potenza, Italy. Uh, great grandmother. Yes, that is true. Um, Hank, I'm not just a Mick. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago, Hank didn't know what a Mick was because he was referring to Bob Shepard. Oh and gosh. we had a little debate on that. But yes. Um, that was a fun group chat day. I was actually <laughs> referring to a certain legendary outfielder who wore the Mickey mantle. Yes, I know, but um, little fun fact there. But all right, let's get to our game predictions. Um, all right, Jordan, what do you got for us? Like I said, I will have <laughs> the giant cover, um, but Eagles are winning. I mean. <clears throat> Eagles are winning. Do I, do I give like a score? Like, are we yeah, yeah, if like you want, much, yeah, want you give a score. Well, I'm pretty sure Giants are seven point favorites. Correct. Or, seven no, I mean, freaking seven point underdogs. Yeah, seven yeah. point line. Um, all right, let me do some quick math. Let's say, mm, let's say 27 21 Eagles. <sighs> are you kidding me, Sam? Are you freaking kidding me? I wish you uh, can you guys see? I have. Philadelphia 27-21 on my paper because Jordan can live there. Do you know that it it's rent free? It's that's why every, she can afford to live here. That's where it is. Um so yeah, so I think Jordan and I will actually be at this game on Sunday. So I will might need to use my body as a shield in case the Eagles win so she doesn't die. Um <laughs> Uh, but I do think, you know, we do have a very good tendency of splitting with the Eagles every once in a while. So I do think that I would see the Eagles winning this just because we almost like we know what to expect, but we almost don't know what to expect. So our first game, I think the Eagles are going to come in, um, obviously score 27 points against us. Um, and then, uh, you know, we'll obviously get to that last week of, this, of the regular season when it comes around. But I do feel like we could come in a little bit stronger in that game and split the series. Um, so, yeah, Philly, 27-21, because actually, Jordan knows everything about me. Yeah, I am disgusted that we guessed the same exact score. <laughs> um, Hank, you're next, and uh, that, that's a tough act to beat. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I'm going to regret doing this. Oh, no. It would be extremely, extremely risky. I did it on Game On. And you know what? 
don't ask me why, but I have a funny and sneaky feeling slash suspicion that the Giants are going to win this game. Nice. 23 to 22. Nice. Wow. A weird score, but <laughs> that's okay. It, I, I, I love again, it, Hank. I shouldn't have this feeling because on paper, the Eagles should really be destroying the Giants. Like if we're hey, looking at it from roster wise. But here's why I'm I'm going the Giants. One, it's because of division. And two, because the Giants are going to be at home. The Giants have a defense that might be capable, at least if we're talking about the edge rushers, of stopping Jalen Hurts. So I don't necessarily think a win. (laughs) What is Tom looking at me like that for? (laughs) I don't necessarily think a win is as out of the question and again, I know it's risky, but at the very least, I think they're going to cover. 23 to 22. I like it. Actually, I, I don't like it, but I respect it. <laughs> um, That's okay. You don't have to like it. I also cool. want the Giants to win this game, Hank, but I'm not going to do it. I'm picking the Eagles 26-23. That's my final score. But the tides may turn for me in week 18. Let's see what happens. But – for now, I'm picking Philadelphia uh, to win this game by a field goal. But, uh, Jordan, want to thank you so much for joining the show. Appreciate you joining us as always. I know we ran a little north tonight, but uh, you're welcome back anytime. And um, best of luck on Sunday, but not too much luck now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, thank you guys so much for having me on. I always love joining. Absolutely. And um, where can people follow you and your content tonight? So definitely all my personal socials are at the Sporty Jordy, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. And then you can find both me and Sam on our work socials at Mojo, M-O-J-O. Yes. Look at that gorgeous Emmy too. Oh, yeah. Acknowledge the Emmy. (laughs) Um, um, Mojo, M-O-J-O. Again, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Boom. Awesome. We'll have that scrolling across the screen there for a minute at Mojo. If you're interested, make sure to go check out Sam and Jordan, both there. Um, Jordan, thank you very much. And we will talk to you very soon. Thanks guys. Thanks Jordan. Have a good night. That was sporty Jordy um, from the South Jersey area and a couple more comments. Um, they're, They're talking about me. Um, didn't know. I knew he was a Paisano, but not in detail. <laughs> I was born in Sicily. Yeah, my dad is half Italian, for those of you who, who didn't know. That's what that conversation is about. Really? Scavetta? Wouldn't know. <laughs> Just a little bit. Um, all right. Thank you very much for those comments, Tudo. Um, but yeah, um, let's see. Anything else? I. Barkley on the injured list. The Eagles are pretty clean. I'm really excited for this game. Hank, I wouldn't be shocked if the Giants went. I really wouldn't. No, no I wouldn't be either. In fact, I think we're going to beat them in week 18. I think we're I, overdue to win in Philly. I think this is the year that we do. Because in week 18, the Eagles might be resting some of their starters. And I'd like to see Tudo see a Giants win in Philly. So I'm not having a sweep in the Eagles. I have a splitting. So... Damn it, that ruins the Week 18 show. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, no, that, I mean, that's why I said it earlier. I always feel like we could split with the Eagles. And yeah. we saw them, we saw the command, like we said, I said earlier, the commanders beat the <clears throat> Eagles in prime time they in did. Philadelphia. It's not an impossible feat. It it's very, very possible for us not to do that. Um, I think we're going to give them a fight. I think we're going to get all, off. Some people. And we were going to slip a little bit at the end. The Eagles are going to prove why they're the better team. Tudo says Tom Giants defense will win the game on Sunday. I hope so, my guy. I hope so. Um, Hank, any final thoughts? Again, I'm just going to remind every, all of us and myself, we are playing meaningful games in December. So Something I don't know that I would have considered before the season. And my win total is so far exactly on the nose. But you know what? I want the Giants to exceed my win total. Can it happen? Who knows? Maybe I will. Maybe uh, my prediction will age like uh, milk, but we'll see. Well, we'll talk about it more next week when we're playing the Commanders again. But the Commanders game is going to be the most important game of our season. Yes. That's right, and we might have a uh, potentially a big-time guest in store for that next week. We'll let you all know, folks. We have to make sure the scheduling is down first, but Sam, Hank, thank you so much both for joining. Let's go watch some Thursday night football, get ready for Sunday's game against the Philadelphia Eagles, and without further ado, let's go Big Blue.